from runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show 386, Azure Active Directory, with guests Venkat and David. Recorded Friday, September 5th, 2014. Run As Radio is produced each week by Plop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio. Today, I have two guests. It's uh, Venkat. Boy, oh boy, that's a last name. <laughs> you can just keep it as Venkat. Let's stay with Venkat and David. We'll do it the easy way, right? Uh, both fr- both are premier field engineers. So uh, Venkat's a premier field engineer with Microsoft, uh, supporting, supporting primarily financial customers in the in New York metro region. And David, uh, in the same region, but uh, um, focused on Active Directory, ADFS, Hyper-V. You know, the uh, the PFEs for me are, you guys are the folks that are out in the field fighting the good fight and always come up with some tough problems to deal with and stuff you fought back on. What are you working on these days? Uh, thanks, uh, Richard, for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, this is Venkat. Uh, I work with uh, different financial customers in the New York metro region. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a Windows platform person, uh, works on Active Directory technologies, uh, things like IPv6 on networking, and off late, I started involving myself on some of the cloud technologies uh, because when you talk things like Office 365, a lot of customers wants to know uh, what is the identity story, right? So right. how do I how do I log into my cloud resources and applications? Uh, because everybody is comfortable when it comes to talking about on-premise Active Directory, but how do I take that to the next level? How do I get single sign-on? How do I integrate my on-premise Active Directory to the uh, cloud identity? And we've in the past had done shows where we just, you know, there's sort of this sort of casual thing that says, well, you just run Active Directory Federated Services and that it'll be fine. But I'm, it's more complicated than that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and this is David. So, you know, um, one of the confusions that uh, a lot of customers have these days is that uh, when they hear Azure Active Directory, uh, they think, oh, you know, we're just putting domain controllers out in Azure, right? Right. Not quite. <laughs> Doesn't quite work that way. Well, plus that gives me chills, right? Like there's an awful lot of information in my Active Directory infrastructure. Putting it on the other side of the firewall scares me. Yeah, a lot of a lot of customers still they, they still struggle with that. You know, um, you know, Azure has come a long way in terms of security. Um, you know, it, for the most part, you know, if you're doing something like IaaS, right, where you're hosting typical workloads. Um, you know, a lot of customers, what they're doing is they're, they're extending their on-prem uh, and making a hybrid cloud to do put workloads up there. Right. So right. that, you know, again, that's a totally different area. But uh, the main key thing is that, you know, you put the main controls out there. You treat them as a different animal. It's not Azure Active Directory. That's right. just the main controllers in Azure. So the, uh, so up till now, with the, the exactly what you've described is I set up ADFS, which allows my... Azure website, when it needs to authenticate, to call back to my on-prem service and get authentication that way. But uh, Azure AD offers a better way? Correct. Absolutely. Uh, 
so one thing uh, before i answer your question uh, maybe i want to kind of take a little step back and uh, kind of set the stage here about uh, the client based identity you will hear a lot of buzzwords about client based application tokens so i'll, I'll set the kind of a business scenario here right so the the easy example i can give here is uh, again moving away from it is so let's say you walk into a bank and you want to open up a checking account right so what are the first couple of things you get asked for so somebody is going to ask you show me your driving license and they want to validate your credential your first name last name maybe ssn and your date of birth which state you live in right right so the the idea here is think of the bank that you're going in as the application provider right and think of your motor vehicle agency where you have gone through all the validation by showing your documents and everything when you get the driving license they are your identity provider so okay. the idea here is when you go into the bank the bank doesn't have to go through all the validation steps that are typically required to validate your credentials right because somebody else did the job and all the bank has to do is they need to have some sort of trust basically saying if somebody shows me a driving license yeah i get it i can say he is a valid person with whatever clients that he is making in the driving license right? right so this is something a real life example that you and me go through on a daily basis so put this in perspective as an application model right so today we are used to a lot of on premise application yes some of them integrate very well with the active directory but think about where my application have to be hosted on a cloud where things like my kerberos and ntlm may not scale well when it comes to internet right sure. so i need a model where my application have to be decoupled with my identity logic and what i was just describing there where i had an azure website and i call using adfs to call in then i'm effectively the identifying uh, provider and the app i've got on the cloud is the the application out there that wants that but you're right my adfs infrastructure is only going to scale so far correct so so and one of the things where azure ad comes into play is that um think of it you know as been kind of mentioned the whole claims based piece right you know what you're doing with azure ad is that you you basically turn that into your identity point right you have a connection from your on prem to azure ad and all your applications are connected through there and 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 one of the key benefits of it if you think about it um is that you don't have to do the maintenance of adding every single application through adfs directly right because that becomes cumbersome after a while sure so uh the, you know the, the the nice piece of what azure ad does for you is that you have a uh you know your accounts out there where even then you can still control your authentication flow for, for whichever uh SaaS type applications that you want to actually connect to it but also just to add to what david said think about a scenario when it comes to accessing those applications on the cloud it's it's no more the scenario of where i'm going to be sitting on a traditional desktop in my corporate office and going to be accessing this application right right so gone are the days where now we are talking about different mobile devices different platform of mobile devices uh, so the user more uh, kind of traveling in and out of corporate network but he still needs a way to access this application 
irrespective of the network he is located in irrespective of the device that he is trying to access mm-hmm. right so picture is azure active directory is some kind of a control point where i can tie in my on premise active directory and also i can tie in all this different form factor of devices and i also i can tie in all my cloud based saas apps on top of it how do i even tie in my on premise apps so pictureize this as one kind of a big big slide where i should be able to tie all these endpoints into one common identity store so that's the value proposition of azure active directory and it, not to put too fine a point on it but now we're talking about devices that are not microsoft devices being able to authenticate against azure ad is that really what absolutely. we're doing absolutely absolutely uh, we are talking about uh, mobile devices apple ios and google android right. and even when it comes to accessing the services i'm not mentioning about just accessing just office 365 you could be accessing a salesforce app right. or you could be accessing an amazon web services app and still i can tie all those access using the azure active directory so this is not your this is not your father's active directory was i really going to say that oh my goodness okay this is but azure active directory is a different product it sounds like it's a superset of my on premise active directory is that true it, it think of it more like um uh, you're extending uh your your on prem active directory more with it doesn't quite it's not your on prem active directory it doesn't contain a lot of the other specific features that a okay. lot of admins have had over the last what is it, active directories now what they're 14 years old something like that yeah or less yeah so it, it doesn't contain all those features it, it think of it more like a, the accounts have a piece uh, you know like a shell of the accounts that are out there um um and and it allows you to to at least give granular control to those applications that you want and again in going back to the whole device uh, story right I I can't count how many times I I I've worked with customers that they everybody wants to do any device from anywhere right they want to be able to integrate uh you know office from their their iPads right they want to do it from their iPhones whatever it may be that that's basically the direction that the industry is heading Yeah so I like this idea that the cloud apps have a cloud authenticating body that's separate from my internal apps and my internal authenticating body although there needs to be a connection between the two Yeah absolutely just just to again to take a step back here is uh I I I just happened to have this conversation with some of the customers when I talked about uh, the identity story uh so one of the uh, interesting that uh, thing that came from few customers is uh yes we are treating the azure active directory as a cloud identity where we tie in all these different endpoints right but people are even thinking one step ahead in the sense hey is there a way where i can even tie in my on premise application and expose that and integrate with the cloud identity in the sense all they want to do is just do one sign on into one identity store so it it doesn't matter from a user perspective once you get authenticated with that identity store it should be completely transparent whether you are accessing uh, an on premise application or a cloud based saas application right i mean in the end i want the same identity you know i want the same username password combination to work absolutely and that's what we're offering right yep no matter what it's actually the same account it's just that there's a different aspect of it in the cloud versus what's internal absolutely that's where uh, some of the specific features uh, uh 
again the the, the offerings that uh, the way currently it stands uh, uh, depending on the features we have like two or three different offerings when it comes to deploying azure active directory for a end user right you have the plain vanilla basic uh, i mean they call it as a free offering where you can host your users groups and integrate all those uh, saas applications then there is a, a basic version where you get uh, little more features like you you can do a group based management like how you used to do in your traditional active directory and you get more sla type of uh, stuff where we guarantee hey this is going to be working 99.9% of the time right then you get the premium access where you get uh, things like application proxies uh, because when one thing when people talk about accessing anything over internet immediate thing that comes to everybody's mind is how about the security right how do we how do we do the access control what if somebody across halfway across the world is trying to access my app how do i find out whether this ip addresses are coming from a place where i'm not supposed to see right so all this uh, kind of a machine learning security reports and things like application proxy where i can expose my on premise app into a cloud identity store so those things are part of uh, the the premium features which are bundled in azure active directory right okay well this is cool so how do i connect these two things together Okay, so so let's say you have your Active Directory on-prem, for example, right? right. Um, you want to have those accounts out there. Uh, one of the things that you would have to do is that uh, I, I, when you go into Azure AD, it gives you the ability to give you every every person who has an account that creates an Active Directory will always have it, what's called an onMicrosoft.com account, right? But that that's all you can do with that is basically create identities out in the cloud, cloud only. Right. Um, that might might be fine for most people, but you know, you think about the large customers, it's a little bit different. I, d- I don't know that I want all of my accounts out there. I probably want to just have subsets of them. Correct, and you can do that. Um, now, one of the, the tools that that we we provide, right, if for synchronization, is a tool called um, Azure AD Sync. Uh, it was formerly called DirSync. That allows you, it gives you the ability to go and sync out uh, some of your on-prem identities out to the cloud. So what ends up happening is you, you add your domain, you're right? So you obviously have to own a registered domain right. uh, and, and prove that you own it, right? This way you can't go and say, I owned, uh, you know, a company that, that you have no, uh, you know, purview to, right? So you you add your domain in there, you enable that DirSync tool and pick the accounts that you want. And at, and it, once you configure the, the thing end-to-end, you'll notice that you have a bunch of accounts syncing out to the cloud. And that gives you the ability to go and assign applications, whether it's Salesforce, Box, or uh, the 230? The the latest I heard is we we support about uh, 2,500 applications, and it's increasing as we speak on a weekly basis. Yeah, it it changes every... I've lost count. Honestly, I have to go look every... Every, every week, and there's a new application every time. So. so now I don't have to, if I'm still working eternally, if I delete account or disable account, that's automatically going to propagate out to my cloud service as well? That's correct. Yeah, it will. So for my internal AD guys, like nothing really needs to change. I could have a different group of folks that are using those identities out into the cloud for these new apps. Uh, but they're, the, but the, the core guys using the original system, their behavior is still going to be reflected outward. Correct. And, and, and one of the other aspects of Azure AD is that, you, you know, you mentioned earlier ADFS, right? Um, that gives you the ability to control the authentication to your applications on-prem. Now, you don't have to use ADFS if you don't want to. You right. can do 
password synchronization. So it's not true single sign-on, but at least the, the user, from a user perspective, they have in their mind, all right, well, I have the same password. I don't have to go and, and have like 20 different passwords for my applications. Right. And, and, and that way, if you are doing this with a subset of users, a subset of applications, only those users would be assigned those applications. But if you want to go to a lot more uh, from a business perspective, you know, a little bit more advanced and more controlled, yeah, you, you put something like ADFS, you control your, your authentication on-prem. Uh, you, you know, if you have something like Azure AD Premium, like Vink had mentioned, the group management aspect, you, you get back to those functionality features that you're used to with your on-prem AD assigned groups to applications of who has access to it, and that's still synchronized from on-prem. Nice. Guys, let me just pay the bills for a sec, because Run As Radio is brought to you by ScriptRock, the makers of GuardRail. GuardRail lets you discover, track, and monitor your node configurations and detect configuration inconsistencies across your entire shop. GuardRail's unique visual diff makes it simple and straightforward for your entire team, bringing you the power of DevOps into the mainstream. Enter the coupon code RUNASRADIO, all one word, and get three months of GuardRail standard. That includes support for up to 50 nodes on Windows, OSX, or the Unix flavors, including third-party cloud providers. And to top it off, you can export your configuration to Ansible, Puppet, or Docker to make automation a snap. Don't automate what you don't understand. Try GuardRail now at scriptrock.com slash runasradio. All right, I'm really digging this whole idea that now I have choice. If I want to make sure that all of my authentications are happening back on-prem, I can do that through ADFS. But if it's too much, if I'm stressing the system, now I can start having those cloud authentications happen against Azure AD. Correct. And, and, and keep in mind, and one thing just to make it clarify, right? When you go to access that application, you're still going to hit Azure AD. That's the control point, right? Right. Now, depending of, of whether your organization is actually federated, Azure AD would know that and redirect back. Well, um, and I think that's the important part to me is knowing that I can decide that I want audit to occur internally every time for every access cloud or no, or not. I want to relieve that pressure and maybe have a separate audit trail up in the cloud so that I don't have to stress my internal infrastructure. Correct. And, and, and you know, and one of the things that we always advise customers, and, and Vincat and I know this because it's like you mentioned the stuff that we do, we always have to deal with issues. And <laughs> People don't think about how much AD affects everything. When it goes wrong, everybody's unhappy. Yeah, everybody knows about you. Uh, you're usually the group like the plumbing, right? Nobody wants to know about you. Nope. But when it breaks... But boy, when there's water pouring out of the walls, everybody notices. Exactly. And that's usually the time you don't want to be known. But it's, you know, the, the problem is that because AD is never a thing, right? It is plumbing. It's not, you don't notice right away that that's the actual problem. Like doing the diagnostics to figure out, oh, we're having an Active Directory problem. That's not a trivial thing to do. No, it's not. Um, it usually takes uh, collaboration of different teams to eventually find out, oh, we might be having an authentication problem, right? right? And, 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 you know, typical organizations with applications that are so complex, it, it, it's not a simple thing to do um, and, and figure out where, where the problem might lie, right? And authentication failure messages are always awful. Like they bla you get your password wrong. Like those are the kinds of messages you could get when this stuff starts to croak. Yeah, that's right. And, and usually... Uh, yeah, you might get your password wrong, and but you're not sure why. Right. You know your password's right. Or, you know, just like there's so much uncertainty around that whole area, and it's actually you know your infrastructure is struggling. 
Yep. So, Richard, you, it's kind of uh, interesting that you asked a couple of minutes back, does the role of the on-premise active directory admin changes, right? Right. Just, again, put this into a little bit context here is, uh, uh, you will hear a, a buzzword again relevant to a cloud technology called shadow IT. Again, what I mean by shadow IT is, picture is uh, where a central IT admin team is supporting a whole bunch of business groups. Right. And your business group has a requirement of, let's say they want to go ahead and adopt the sales force because they have a customer engagement uh, management application uh, requirement, right? So from a business group perspective, it's easy for them to adopt Salesforce because all it's is signing up to the portal and getting a bunch of username and password, right? For sure. I mean, is this one of the things that happens with cloud often is that non-IT people are signing up for cloud services? Absolutely. But if I have to wear my IT admin hat, how do I tie the Salesforce access that my business group users are doing into a way where I, because I am worried about security, yeah. management, access control, right? I need a way to audit who, which apps are accessed by which set of users. So that's also an another value proposition where Azure Active Directory is able to put that control and build the bridge between the business group and IT admin. So you fight back from this problem where Salesforce was set up by the the director of sales, and he's basically running his own list of accounts independent of the rest of the infrastructure. And then a salesperson leaves because goodness knows that never happens. And you have to delete them in due places. Absolutely. So now, you know, that I, I don't think you can stop that initial scenario of, you know, the director of, of sales wants Salesforce and goes ahead and does it. But now as IT, we could step in and take over that authentication role so that we use a common set of authentications. Absolutely, yeah. Things like, uh, that's why I was mentioning uh, where things like the security reports, where uh, the group-based delegation management, where I can say uh, the users XYZ belong to a group one. Right. So I assign the group one access to access Salesforce app. So I put the control, uh, so the, the control kind of comes back to the IT admin. Right. Now, that's very compelling. And so to make that, I, I just like this idea of, a, of the brownfield implementation, which I think for a lot of listeners is the situation they're going to be in. Salesforce is out there now. They're doing their, the company's doing their thing with it. We want to give it a little more control and reduce the maintenance efforts all around. So we get involved with Azure AD and a Salesforce plugin. Absolutely. The, 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 the pre-integrated application support that I was mentioning to you earlier where uh, the number of applications goes up every week. Uh, yeah. The last I checked is about 2,500 applications, right? So this is where when David was talking about, uh, let's say as a customer, I want to federate uh, my Salesforce app using ADFS, right? Right. So think of this way. So today I sign up with Salesforce. So six months from now, let's say I start adapting five more SaaS apps. Right? right? So it's not a good business model where I use my federation individually for each of these app, app providers, right? Because federating, deploying the federation concept, it takes a lot of man hours, a lot of readiness, awareness, and so on. Yes. Whereas using those integrated feature that uh, Azure Active Directory provides, so let's say if I have to integrate uh, Salesforce, all I have to do is four different clicks, 
and basically build the federation between the Azure Active Directory and Salesforce in the background. Nice. And I get the single sign-on to my Salesforce app. Now, if I'm doing the brownfield scenario where I've already got 20, 30 Salesforce IDs out there, is there some kind of tool to say map that ID to the Active Directory identity? So so one of the things that Azure AD particularly, so let, let, let's take both approaches, right? Let's say you do it with ADFS today. Right. Let's say right. you don't use Azure AD. One of the things that you have to do with, with an application such as Salesforce, you have to provision those accounts, right? Because Salesforce has to know that those accounts exist, where, right. where they're coming from. And it bills for each one. Correct. So you would have to import, um, do a bulk import, or have some type of provisioning that would, would create those accounts for you. Now, yeah. if you take something like uh, Azure AD, Azure AD has the capability to do provisioning for you. Right. That's one of the, the benefits of it, right? So you don't have to worry if you synchronize an account, you don't have to worry about also having to create those accounts on on an application such as Salesforce. Now, that does depend on the applications, but that capability is built in. Mm-hmm. So you get out of the business of having to maintain multiple SaaS type applications on-prem, maintain one directly with uh, you know, Azure AD, right? And from there, you enable all your applications. Cool. Yeah, I just like that. I like that process. It's sort of picking up the ball and cleaning up the mess with the least amount of pain. But then there's this ongoing automation of as I add new accounts and I sign into a group, it automatically connects up to each of those different providers. It says, I need to provision this guy and this guy and this guy and so forth. Correct. And that's is that pretty much out of the box? Like, how much coding do I have to do to make that happen? You don't have to code much. Uh, you know, it's not any coding you have to do. For, you know, I'll take Salesforce as an example, right? right. It's probably one of the most common ones. We have documentation out there how you would go integrate Salesforce with, um, you know, Azure AD and its basic configuration. And for anyone who's ever configured Salesforce on-prem, whether it's, you know, at ADFS or Ping, it's it's pretty involved. Yes. So the, the, the ease process, uh, you know, becomes a lot... Um, it, it, the process of, of actually creating an application becomes so much easier, right? Um, on top of that, you get out of the business of taking care of certificates that you have to transfer when they expire. And right. now imagine doing this for 200 applications for a large-scale, you know, federation, right? It, it, you know, you let uh, Microsoft handle that from a Azure AD perspective. Yeah, that def- definitely reduces complexity. Like, all of this stuff is easy when you've got a half a dozen apps. But if you've got a hundred, that's a huge problem. Right. Yeah, it definitely is. And and to give you an example, um, I would say, you know, the customers I work with, I've dealt with federating with whether it being be uh shibboleth or paying, and it doesn't matter which one it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um the process is always different when you're doing it with, with, with your on prem. Uh whereas as Vin Ken mentioned, you go to Azure A D, no, oh, look, this 2,000 plus applications. Let me just enable it. I'll, I have single sign-on. You know, as long as a, you know, you have it configured with Azure, right? Because you federate with Azure, and that's it. You don't have to worry about it anymore. So you kind of take away the, the that work of having to have custom stuff every single time. Uh, so it, it just makes your life a lot easier. Right. Well, it, I guess it puts it into scope that you can actually manage all this stuff. Like, there's a point where it's like I just don't have enough hours in the day to take care of this many apps. Right. So uh, any other features we get beyond just this core integration, some stuff that makes Azure AD even more powerful? Uh, one thing I would like to mention, uh, 
is specific to the multi-factor authentication. Right. Uh, because again, since we are talking about accessing a resource across the internet, and we want to be really sure, okay, if somebody is accessing a SaaS app using the cloud identity Azure Active Directory, yeah. how do I make sure the guy who is putting the username password is the actual guy whom who is actually getting the access, right? So that's where the multi-factor authentication comes in where I can tie it to a kind of a phone number where let's say if he's trying to access a SaaS application, he actually, uh, if the multi-factor authentication is enabled, then there will be an automated call or text message that can be messaged back to his phone number that he typically configure as part of his user profile configuration. Right. So unless he goes and answers his call, he won't be allowed to log into the access the application. Right? I also just like the whole idea of you, you get a text message when your password changes. Like just that secondary reminder of folks that we know you changed something. If you, it wasn't you, you need to let us know. That's just a huge relief for most folks. That's the security that delights. It's supposed to security that frustrates. Correct. And also tying back to the the concept of the, the client-based application that I was talking to mm-hmm. uh, in the initial uh, stages. So let's say now I need to enable multi-factor authentication in my application. Right. My application logic doesn't have to know this, doesn't have to change. Right. Because the identity logic is handled by a different different provider. So as long as the identity is configured to support multi-factor authentication, my application automatically just adopts to that new feature. So that's the beauty of it. Nice. Have you seen people going as far as session-based authentication using multi-factor? I've only seen this at a couple apps so far, and it, it looks like all hand-rolled. So, But this idea that in order to log on for just this session, I'm going to send you a code and a text message. You have to give it to me, and it dies at the end of the hour. You know what? That, that's becoming a more common thing. And, and you know, I, you saw recently with the uh, you know, news, you know, with, with multi-factor, it, it's becoming more a requirement for a specialized application. So yeah. that that is being requested. Um you know, one of the things that, that Azure AD is trying to do, instead of just waiting for a text, it, it does have the capability to do an application, right? Everyone has a phone today, whether it's uh, Android, you know, whether it's Windows Phone, Apple, right, where you can download one of the applications. And, and you have, similar to, like, a, a token where it resets a new key, right? It gives you, but you know exactly when it's going to expire. So, yep. <laughs> so you get a little bit more lead time. Uh, on doing that for those type of applications that do require those type of sessions where you have to input a PIN code. And I'm just starting to get into Microsoft Authenticator, the app on my phone that gives me a code number like Secure ID. And that to me seems like something, it's just to be sure it's really your phone. Go grab me that number for you, would you? Yeah, and, and, and considering with phone theft today, and, and, and you know, it's one of the things that Azure AD uh, as well does uh, going into this conversation is that you have the capability to add more than one form, right? So you have your, your phone number, you have an office phone call, yep. and you have a, a pin. So, it, it you know, in this, today's world with all the hacking that goes on and, and the breaching of data, it, 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 it's becoming a lot more important to have these things in place. So while it may be, for some users, it could be a, a nuisance, it, think about it this way. Uh, you'd rather have to deal with that than one day lose your data and who knows what, what kind of information you give up, right? Well, and you want it to be a relatively low friction nuisance. Like for the person with the phone, the text message code or the authenticator code is pretty painless. For everybody else, it's a huge headache. And that's really what you want. That's right. And, and, and you know, I, I, I can't 
count how many times I've, I've run into people and have their little devices or they forget the, uh, those RSA tokens, but they're always on their phone. Yep. So it just makes life a lot easier. Better to have it. Well, and, and for me, I'm hoping that Azure AD is going to be, you know, as the IT guy, I'm being asked, hey, I really like this. It makes us feel safer. I don't want that to ever happen to our data. You could fix this, right? So the idea that Azure AD could take on some of this work for me, make it simpler to do, that's pretty exciting that I don't have to figure all this out myself. Oh, yeah. And, and the, the beauty of the whole thing is if you actually go into Azure AD, um, anyone who's probably had some experience with like uh, configuring uh, multi-factor on-prem, mm-hmm. it, it, that takes quite a bit of work and planning, uh, whereas with Azure AD, is a, you, know, you enable it. Turn it, it on. It's it there. Thanks and it's work. pretty seamless. Um, it, it, it's one of those things. I, I've, I've never seen anything so easy to configure. And, and, and you get out of that business, right? And you focus on, on things that are more important right. for, for an organization. And yeah, every bit of security code you invent is stuff you need to own for the rest of your life. So I'm fairly big on, I'll let you guys own that. I don't want to own it. Oh, definitely. It streamlines uh, IT as a whole. And, and again, the, the purpose of, of IT is to help a business, you know, grow, right? And, and ensure that you can meet business needs. Why, right. why are you going to be in the business of handling all these other pieces? So there's definitely a lot of value proposition from that. And again, Azure AD definitely will make life easier for a lot of modern companies today, right? Where they're going fast, right? They're going to the cloud. Uh, every company now, you know, it's like the new new trend, right? That's what you want to do. Sure. Just well, like virtualization it, was a few years ago. And it, and for folks that are resisting cloud stuff, like I still have customers out there saying, no, if I can't, I want CRM on-prem. I cannot use Salesforce because I can't deal with the security issues. This seems to just lower that bar that then, okay, now I can handle security part. We get to take advantage of that and, and save all that money. Yeah. And you know what, what we're, we're finding out is that customers are slowly, you know, they're, you know, they take it. It's like going to like a pool. You put your toes in there yeah. and you know, see if it's cold enough, warm and like, all right, you know, you put your leg and like, all right, you know, we'll do a little bit once they see the value and then they start doing a little bit more. And, and eventually again, I, I personally believe that, you know, some companies might go 100% cloud. That's fine. Uh, yep. But you're always yep. going to have those companies that will want to be hybrid. They have to be. I think most people are going to be hybrid. It's just reality. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, that's my, my reality as well. I, I just don't see 100% all cloud, maybe depending on the size of the company. Yeah, it's, it's always going to be a percentage. How much is on-prem? How much is off? You know, even if it's 90, 10, either way, it, those are possible. That's right. And, and, and again, and that's why we're, something like Azure AD really comes into play for those companies that are going to be hybrid, right? Because that, that's one of the pieces that's going to enable for you, right? Using a hybrid cloud. So, um, it, it, it's, it's something that's not going to go away. You know, it, it's something that everyone's going to want, you know, you're going to have to look into, right? Because you're not going to go and, and open, uh, and put the main controllers every single time just for a SaaS sure. application. So, it's one of those things that's just going to make your life easier as time goes on from an application deployment perspective. Yeah, I, I would say one more final thing. Uh, I think there is also a cultural mindset change involved uh, as we go through some of this uh, technology. Uh, if somebody comes and says, yeah, I can spin up uh, 10 different VMs in a matter of 15 minutes, right? Yep. Compared to the internal process that I have to go through, going through a purchase order, getting an infrastructure team to build my machines and getting everything, all the compliance software, which is going to take three weeks for me to access that vision, then, yeah, you have to kind of compare the pros and cons saying, 
yeah if i am able to get those uh, 10 machines in a uh, 15 minutes yes i have to still worry about the security and management control in place but as long as i'm convinced okay those things are already in place maybe yeah i have to start thinking differently maybe this model will help uh, my business because now i can get those 20 machines uh, like instead of waiting for 3 weeks i can get it in 15 minutes that and that's really powerful like the agility there is amazing absolutely well guys it's so much fun talking to you i really appreciate your viewpoint on on azure ad any final words we'll call it a show um no but uh, i i figure you know if if you want to know more about azure ad you know we have uh at microsoft we have a lot of sites out there for information so I guess for any listeners out there, there's a wealth of information. And keep in mind, this stuff changes there all the time. Just uh, more you, and more stuff coming on. I, I imagine in the course of the show, recording the show here, a couple more apps have been added to the roster. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Definitely nice talking to you, Richard. Ben, Cat, David, Richard. thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio. Run As Radio.